This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. To the Asian Torah Essentials program here in Jerusalem, the incredible city of spirituality. Today we're going to do some extra spiritual. We're going to do some extra spiritual. Jake, can you sit right there? It's Jake, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Today we're doing some extra spiritual. Thank you so much. Today, we're going to learn what the six words, Baruch Atashem, Elokinim Melechoilam, actually mean, and why they're linked together, and how you can plug into those six words and transport yourself into a spiritual realm. Now, it's a wonderful thing to do because your whole life, I don't care if you're reform, conservative, reconstructionist, you, know, you name it, Jew, orthodox, um, you're going to be saying those words. On Passover, you'll be saying those words. You'll be saying those words on Hanukkah. We're going to be saying those words. We might as well know what we're talking about. You see, most people, they make blessings, like brachas, we call them in Hebrew. They make brachas as if the bracha is what's in the way of the food. It's like, I really want that banana. I really want that beer. I really want that steak. What's in the way? The bracha. So I gotta like get the bracha out of the way. And you can tell by the way people make brachas. For example, some people make them silently. I can almost promise you if you're making brachas silently, you're not saying the words. So you're not even saying the words, forget thinking about it. If you're making them fast, you're also not saying the words. And you're certainly not concentrating if you're saying them fast. And another clue that you're not saying the words is that you're, you're saying the word ata with a chaf. Chata. Which also means he sinned. I don't think you mean to say he sinned, Jacob, when you make blessings. He sinned, chata. But how many people say baruch chata? Lots of people say baruch chata. Baruch chata. But it's not, it's baruch ata. Okay? How many people say ata? Because they don't know the different pronunciations. It's ata. Ata. Because the comet that looks like a T is is contracts, contractive, contracts. Comets means to contract literally. The patach means it like a doorway is a petach, a opening. So a o a o ato, which has a lot of kabbalistic import. We're not going to go that deep on each word. How many people say Adonai? It's not nai, it's noi. Yeah, and I don't mean I'm not turning you guys into one of these oi vai type, you know, oi 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 everything's oi 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 oi. I'm not making you into oi 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 oi. The actual comments next to you is oi. It's ado and then noi. It's noi. Everyone say noi. Noi. Noi like a toy. Noi. It's not nai. Unless you plan on buying your kid a tie. I imagine you're not gonna be doing that and you can buy them a toy. Because noi, not 
<laughs> Clear? But that's about, hey, how's it going, bro? Um, can you come sit, uh, save that for latecomers. Sit up here. I don't know whose stuff that is, just, just sit up there. Oh, don't sit there, bro. Sit over here. No, no, I'm really, I'm placing it. The re why, am I, why am I in charge of seating? Because I wanted you there because of Facebook Live. The more I connect with you here, the less they feel connected. The more I connect with you here, the more they feel connected. Because I ignore the camera. But you did a great job in not listening and then listening. So. <laughs> kind of. Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay, everyone put away your devices. Okay, no high tech here. We're going off the grid. Okay, low tech. Get rid of those devices. Don't even make it nearby. Turn off the ringers. Turn off the buzzers. Okay. We're going in. Okay, we're going in. This is this is the class. Okay, and this is your life. You don't have another life. Okay, I don't have another life. You don't have another life. I'll never forget. I went outside the building and there was a couple from Denmark who had been studying in this class. And it was, you know, it was four o'clock. We finished. We went outside. And I'm talking to them, and I said, so, how long are you studying in Jerusalem? And the guy says, oh, we're not studying in Jerusalem. And so I touched the Jerusalem stone behind me, and I'm like, where are we? And he says, no, no, we have a life in Denmark. And so then I touched him. I'm like, well, who's this? <laughs> and then he laughed, and he says, we'll be studying in Jerusalem for two weeks. Last week, at the end of my seminar, which I brought flyers for them, at a men's seminar in two weeks, the... Um, I, I, I asked one of the guys in the seminar, I said, where do you live? This guy had been learning in Jerusalem for three years. I said, where do you live? He says, Brooklyn. <laughs> and I took my fist and went, pow, right on his left muscle. Oh. He goes, oh. I said, where do you live? He says, Brooklyn. Pow. I said, where do you live? He says, Brooklyn. Pow. And he's like, ah. I'm like, where do you live, man? And he finally, he's like, he's not going to say Brooklyn. Because it's like turning black and blue. And he's like, he was stuck. This guy's been living here for three years. He was stuck. And he finally, like, I don't know, Hashem gave him a miracle. He said, Jerusalem. And I went, oh, okay. Let's, let's move on. Did he what? Did he make Aliyah? Yeah. Aliyah? Yeah, Aliyah. You know, people from Brooklyn don't make Aliyah. Uh -huh. Someone poisoned their minds. Now, let's go. Um, yeah, it's so funny. Like, like everyone, the secular people hopped everything. They hopped Hebrew. Like, they're the ones who returned Hebrew to our nation. When the ultra-Orthodox were more speaking Yiddish and stuff like that, the, uh, they grabbed Israel. Like, for a secular guy, he's like, yeah, maybe I should be moving to Israel. Yeah, that might be the right thing. Yeah, that's a ticket. <laughs> and then, and they even hopped chuba. The secular people even grabbed chuba, which is to do teshuva. The only, only, do only secular, secular people do chuba. Well, oh, I yeah, see what you're going. I believe they do chuba. Yeah. Okay, right. but we got some people here. Who's raised observant in the room? Raised observant, and keep your hands up if you're doing teshuva right now. Yeah. Nice. Okay, here we go, guys. Listen carefully. There's a lot of work. We're getting started right now. We're going to start with the word Baruch. And the word Baruch has, um, the root is Bet Resh Chaf. 
Okay, so we're just going to look at the root like that, bet resh chav, and that root bet resh and chav equals the word. A couple of things. Number one is it means um, blessed. Okay. Number two, it means knees, and number three, it means um, uh, pool or what really we would call a source. Today we live in such a leisure world that we look at pools as something to swim in, but historically that was how people drink, okay? So it means a source of sustenance, okay? Source of sustenance, okay? Knees mean, what are knees in for? For lowering yourself, lowering yourself. Your knees give you the ability, I mean, they give you the ability to walk, which is great. But if you look at knees also, they lower the stature. Look at my height right now. Okay, watch what happens when I put my knees down. And you see that differential right there? That height difference, that all came from my knees, okay? Which means to lower or humble. To humble yourself, okay? So the word baruch is a pretty deep word. It means to humble yourself. Think about it, the fact that you're even making a blessing on food is that you're already humbling yourself. Like, who made that shake? You were God. You made the shake. And the fact that you're going to stop before you make that, before you start drinking it and make a blessing is showing the source of it. There was a great Rebbe who was the leader of a whole community in, sorry, did I say community? A whole region of Europe. A whole region, like a massive region filled with communities. And his name was the Magadim Mezrich. Uh, that was later. And he... Anyway, this leader of the whole community, he went to, um, he had, everyone had been hearing rumors of a great magical Merlin-type Rebbe who could do acts of wonders, who was known as the Baal Shem Tov. Now, no one wanted to uh, endorse this at all. And even though he was, a, later he became known as the leader of the Hasidic movement, but it did not, no one wanted to endorse this, because this was post-Shabtai Tzvi. Shabtai Tzvi was a false messiah who used wonders to get a bunch of people all excited about him being the messiah, and in the end he turned out to be a fake, and or not a fake, but at least a major failure, and uh, it didn't work. Tons of Jews fell off the path, like in the millions, and it was a major problem. So that started what's called rationalist Judaism, which was an Ashkenazi movement of rational Judaism. Can you imagine rational Judaism? And that's insane. You know, they call Judaism rational. You know, it's, it's so super rational. So many things are super rational. Even the second blessing of Shmones is about resuscitation of the dead. You know, like, good luck as a rational Jew, you know, believing in resuscitation of the dead. Now, comes along this magical man, the Baal Shem Tov, who's, uh, you know, really acts of wonders. So what happened? The rabbi of the entire region decides he's going to take a long trip to meet this master of wonders that everyone's talking about. So he takes his long trip and he gets to him and he stays there for, you know, it took a while to get there. He stayed a few months, came back. When he came back, they made a big fanfare. They made a big meal. They're all at the Rebbe's house, the rabbi's house. And the, um, they asked him, so what did you learn when you went to this great master? And he says, he says like this, he says, I found out that there's a God. Now, they're looking at the leader of the entire region of Judaism. And he's saying he found out there's a God. So just then, uh, 
just then the uh, the Gentile servant was coming in from the kitchen with a platter full of fruit to, for them to make brachas. And as she was about to lay the fruit platter down, he stops her. One of the sages or sagely rabbis stops her and says, says to her, tell us, uh, where did the fruit come from? And she said, the kitchen. And he said, well, where did it come from before the kitchen? She said, the store. Where did it come from before the store? She said, the field. Where did it come from before the field? And she said, it came from God. And so, and so he looks at the, the rabbi of the region and says, even the, you know, the maid says, there's God. And then the, the rabbi looked at him and said, she says, I know. And he went on to become one of the greatest Hasidic leaders of all time. This man became, uh, became known as the Magad of Mezrich. And in fact, every Hasidut you guys have ever heard of came from him. Because he was the main student. He became, I think he went back and became the main student of the Baal Shem Tov. Gave up his post. Became the main student of the Baal Shem Tov. And then he had a very big table when he would be with all of his Hasidim. Uh, one of them, the youngest of all, was the 17-year-old uh, Balatanya, the first Rebbe of Chabad. That's how he got his foundations, was from him. Uh, the Karlina Rebbe sat next to him. He was the oldest, Rebbe Aaron sat on his right of the Magda Mezrich. But every other Hasidut that you've ever heard of came off this table. It all started there. Clear? And what they did was they took the rationalist Judaism and which is really just dry meat. You ever had really dry meat? And you're looking at your, the person serving the food, and you're like, mas gravy, por favor, mas gravy. Yeah, more gravy. Because now the, the Torah and mitzvahs is like the meat and potatoes of Judaism. But the Kabbalah, the mysticism, is like the gravy. That's the wetness of it. That's the connective, that's the connective tissue of it. And so... That because of Shabtai's feed, the false messiah, um, the Hasidim brought back the original Judaism. And by the way, you're probably taught that it was like creating some separate movement. No, they were just restoring Judaism back to being the most spiritual it could be. Don't forget, we're actually supposed to be a spiritual path to God. <laughs> we're not just here to like follow instructions all day. You know, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. You know, do's and don'ts and don'ts and do's is Judaism to so many Jews. And that's not what God had in mind when he created the Jewish people. We're supposed to be like highly spiritual beings. And we were. But then there was this whole rationalist movement and the, all that the Hasidic movement did was restore Judaism back to its original factory settings. Okay? And I can show you that in a Venn diagram. Just to understand this deeper is... Uh, you look at this Venn diagram, you'll see there's uh, on the one hand you got um, alignment, and on the other hand you have connection. Okay, you'll like this one, Shlomo. There's alignment and connection. Shlomo, you might sitting right there. Uh, no, no, uh, you can sit next to Aviva. Thank you. Um, alignment and connection. When you're doing the do's and you're not doing the don'ts, yeah, when you're crossing your eyes and you're dotting your T's, 
when you're doing all that stuff, you're aligning. When I put my tefillin on right, and I check that the tefillin's right between my eyes, and touch my eyes, and go out and make sure the box right in the middle, feel my hairline, make sure the box didn't drop below my hairline, making sure the tefillin's kosher, make sure my mezuzahs are kosher, make sure my food is kosher, making sure my what I say is kosher, making sure, when I'm doing all that stuff, what am I doing? Connecting or aligning? That's all alignment. But you can't forget the connection part. Connection, we do not have a pattern on. You can be a total Gentile and be so connected. I know Gentiles so connected to God. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of them sometimes. If you, if you put 100 Jews and 100 Gentiles in a room, the Gentiles will way outdo them in spirituality. You want to know why? You ever think a guy looking like me would say that? Want to know why? It's very simple why. Because Jews have 365, let's say of the positive commandments, there's 248, okay. But there's 365 hyperlinks, which, you know, go to very detailed websites of what you can do wrong. And everything we can do wrong, everything we do wrong is like cholesterol in the arteries, in your spiritual arteries. Everything we do wrong clogs the pipes to God. Gentiles don't have all that. I mean, they'd have to try to mess themselves up. So their connection comes quite naturally, whereas our connection comes at a great price. We're highly sensitive beings. I grew up in a very fancy part of town in L.A., and there were, there were Italian sports cars at my parties often. And some of my friends drove them, you know, like the super amazing ones. They had they needed special gas. They needed to be warmed up for 15 minutes, or they drive like Volkswagen bugs. They 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 the leather on the interior like you had to be careful with it. Like there, they had there were all these rules and special oils, special fuel additives that were involved. We had a gas station called Canyon Gas in L.A. that that you know, only took care of these kinds of cars. And but if you met the owners of these cars, none of them were complaining. But there was a ton of alignment to feel the connection of the drive. Like you're feeling connected. When you're, when you're getting those G-forces on the turns and on the, on the straights and, those, and back to zero with those brakes, you're feeling connected. But you got, it comes at a price, and the price is alignment. you got to have the alignment. So Jews, if you will, are like Lamborghinis. And why are we like Lamborghinis? It's not because we're so special. It's because God blasted us at Mount Sinai. We got like blasted. Blasted. God showed, he broke all the rules. <clears throat> Have you guys noticed the rules lately? Do you get to see God? You don't get to see God lately? If the answer is yes, we're going to take you to the funny farm. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the funny farm? <laughs> it's on the other side of Yerushalayim. Oh. Yeah, free to Okay. Anyway, it's a lot of fun there. Um, Why are we talking about the funny farm? I have no idea. Okay, but I, I, I'll remember in a second. What? If somebody lays yeah, yeah, yeah. Down. When's the last time you guys saw God? <laughs> What's your name, sir? Camden. Camden, cool name. Yeah. When's the last time you saw God, Camden? Still waiting to? Every day. I mean, I meet Christians who say they see God all the time, but I mean, seriously, have you seen God? I don't think I've seen him, but I... You sense him. He, he, he pushes me in the right direction. 
Nice, nice. Nice. I've gone to South Africa. Nice, nice. Yeah, everyone give a South African nice. 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 That's what you say when you eat rice with South Africans. It was nice rice. Nice. He's from South Africa. How do I know? Because he walked up to me yesterday and he says, uh, How's it going? Uh, how's, it, how's it going? How's it, Ruth? How's it, Ruth? Well, they call you Ruth, but if they call you Rabbi, it's the best. Ribeye. <laughs> like a ribeye steak. It's a meat, you know, a meat is a ribeye. That's what they call you. Ribeye. And so the most respect besides Syrians that there is for a rabbi in the world, South Africans. They're the only Ashkenazim that respect rabbis. And, but it's like the most respect, with, with the exception of Syrians, for rabbis. They have tremendous respect. And when I'm down in South Africa, oh my gosh, there's so much respect. It's incredible. It's just like, ribeye. What can I get the ribeye? How can I help the ribeye? Where would the ribeye go? And so it's just amazing. <laughs> I love it. Then I get back to my house, and my wife's like, "Honey, can you can you take the garbage out? You know, on your way to the car." And I'm like, "Do you know who you're speaking to?" She's like, "I think so. Can you take the garbage, please?" Do you realize who you're speaking with? Do you know who you're talking about? Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I like South Africa, and also the women there are like women. They're like the, the last women on earth. You know? They're like real women. I always tell these South African guys, they're like, he's like, I'm open to marrying an American. I'm like, are you crazy? You're South African. Marry a South African. This girl's looking at me like, what? What is he saying about America? No, they really, South African women are really like that. American women were like this in like the 1940s or something like that. Yeah. They're really, uh, I mean, they're also, and they have expressions. South Africans are amazing. They're like, they're like British people with emotions. <laughs> I remember I was in South, I remember I was in South Africa once, and the, uh, this was too much. But this, this guy, this guy, he says he calls his wife. He's like, it, it was like dinner time, and uh, but early. And I'm like, I'm star, man. We gotta get something to eat. And he's like, he's like, okay, I'll call my wife. He calls his wife, speakerphone, you know, drive a nice Audi. And he, he calls his wife, and he says, he says, uh, uh, honey, the ribeye wants to get something to eat, so uh, so I'll be back after dinner time. She's like, okay, honey, uh, okay, sweetheart, I'll see you after dinner. He calls back after dinner. I'm like, they got any live music in this town? He's like, <laughs> calls his wife. Ribeye, I'd like to hear some live music, so uh, I'll be back around 10 or 11. 10 or 11 comes, and I'm like, anything else to do in this time? He's like, well, there is some kind of Carly Bach Coombs that's going on. I'm like, I got my guitar. Let's go. So he calls his wife. He's like, honey, we're, I'll see you in the morning. The, the ribeye's going to be playing a Coombs. So she's like, okay, honey, I'll see you. Two weeks later, I'm in Manhattan. It's a hailstorm. I'm in some guy's, you know, really nice car. And we're going out to get something to eat. He says, you know what, I better just call my wife. He calls his wife. And he's like, honey, yeah, I'm going to get dinner with uh, Rabbi Glazer. Uh, I'll be back a little later. And she's like, why doesn't Rabbi Glazer get his own dinner? And he's like, he's like, he's like, uh, I mean, 
okay, well, I'll just drop him there. And and she's like, well, where is dinner? And he's like, well, we're going to go to the Prime Grill. And she's like, that's the other side of town. And, and, and he's like, well, I'll just drop him. And she's like, why doesn't Rabbi Glazer get his own ride to, to dinner? And next thing I know, it's rush hour. And it's, a, it's like a hailstorm. Sleep. Good luck getting a taxi. I'm with my, and I'm with my stuff. I'm with my guitar. I'm with my roller bag. I'm like, and I'm just sitting there going, like, help. <laughs> I just ran into a building for like 45 minutes and just like, because you know, I never bring a jacket to America. I mean, when are you ever on the street? Yeah, so <laughs> I learned the hard way. Okay, now, um, anyway, but connection. How many of us have met Jews? Who got all the all the alignment down? Like they they got it all down, you know. You understand their hats fitting just right, and everything's lined up. So they got the alignments, but you don't get a sense there's anything spiritual going on. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he's real handsome and it's like he looks a little bit like a mafioso, but he's you know he's really, looks good. He's got everything wired. He's learning Torah. He's you know doing everything right, but you don't get a godly feeling. You know what I'm talking about? Like, sometimes you don't get a godly feeling. You don't get a holy feeling. And you know what? You don't get a holy feeling about yourself in their presence. In fact, sometimes you might even feel a bit like a... Almost like you're a Gentile to them. You know what I'm talking about? And meanwhile, connection, which is absolutely essential, connection to God is the whole purpose of creation. We don't have the patent on it. I met Gentiles who are so connected. I remember once I had a rock climbing guide who, uh, he had a little potato chip for a kippah. It was like just a little, it was a little nothing to kippah. I mean, I, the truth is I didn't even see the kippah until I was like rappelling down. I had to see from above that he even had a kippah. And anyway, at the end of the day, we did all our rock climbing and I sent all the H boys back up to the old city and we were down in the valley over Silwan Valley. And I realized that I had to pray mincha. And so on my way out, I decided, I'll let the boys go up. I'm just going to do my prayers. So I do my prayers. About five minutes later, I'm done. And I realized, you know, what happened to the guy? And, and I kind of moved around the rock face a little bit. And I see he's in a little cleft in the rock. Like he's in this little nook. He'd been there before. And he is facing the whole, you know, he's facing towards the temple now. And he's just praying so intensely totally in, in bliss. And I found myself a little seat there to watch him. I was far. I was like, you know, like, I don't know how far, like maybe six, seven hundred yards away. And uh, almost, you know, half a mile away, or a quarter mile away. And I just found a spot to watch him. He didn't move from that position for 45 minutes. Just, you could see his lips moving slow. He was saying the Shemone Esrei, Mincha, Mr. Potato Chip Head. <laughs> it was Mr. Potato Head and a rock climbing guide you know like I, I never saw anyone pray like that so you see that connection and alignment you gotta have I just want to teach you guys a quick lesson I've been teaching this lately and I just want to make this like all too clear here so we're going to put it like this. We'll call this the alignment. This will be connection. So 
this is alignment. Now that's the do's and don'ts here. And this is connection. So you meet these like hippy dippy types who are like totally into connection, but like they don't even care about the do's and don'ts. They just don't care. They just want to be like really high at Kabbalah Shabbat, you know. <laughs> Meanwhile, the guy's got an iPhone in his pocket on Shabbos night at the hotel, you know. What does he care about alignment? You know, it's Shabbat, you know. Good Shabbos, Shabbos, God, yes, Shabbos, Shabbos, God. So you meet, you know, we all know people like that, you know, like that. They really love the connection. They're not interested in the alignment. And then you meet other people who are, um, they're like this, that's the ones I just spoke about, where it's like alignment, 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 but there's not a lot of connection. And you know who this is also? It's the potentially, here's the scary thing. Let me first do the right one. The right one here. This person is someone whose alignment always works with their connection. You see that? Solid. Meaning, meaning they're aligned, they're doing the do's, they're not doing the do, do nots, but it's always rock solid with, a, with connection. Okay? So, now, is this guy going to be easily shakable from his commitment to God in what he's doing in alignment? Meaning, could you get that guy to jump in your car to go to a party on Shabbos night? No matter how good or great that party is going to be, is he jumping in the car? No, because what's he not want to give up? No, you don't, not, can, our discussion, will he give up alignment or not? But what he doesn't want to give up is his connection, because his alignment is his connection. When he's doing the do's and not doing the nots, that's his connection. He's connecting through that. So he's not giving anything up. Now the problem is, is let's say this guy is a very observant Jew, which sounds like he would be. The problem is, what if you're his 14-year-old kid who's not a big studier, but a guy who's like, you know, you know, more physical, instinctual type of guy. And he's up here. Why? Because the family raised him up there. He was raised to be up there. The problem is he never got turned on to the connective aspect. So how easily can that guy fall? Wait one sec. Let's just leave that for a sec. You see that this guy, you can pull him out very quickly. And they often fall. And when they fall, do they fall? Because if this guy falls, he's going all the way. You know why? Because he doesn't have internal red lines. You see, if you're raised very observant, your red lines of what you won't do are external. It's the turret. It's the community. Understand? You have external red lines. Someone raised secular has internal red lines. So someone raised totally observant, right? You would think, what's your first name again? Alex. Alex, you would think this guy, you could understand he might fall because he doesn't have the connection so much. But you wouldn't think he'd fall that far because the guy's so observant. Except he would do stuff you'd never dream of doing because he, he, he doesn't even know what the red line, he doesn't know where to stop. And so he can get in more trouble in two, three weeks. It's like going out to college. Yeah, remember those guys? <laughs> I felt so bad for those guys. It's like that. 
But there's another issue, too, which we spoke about the other day. The other issue, too, is that parents who aren't supportive because the parents are too busy with being, you know, super holy, uh, so to speak, holy, but super aligned, you know, like, and always watching what the neighbors are saying and stuff. So if they're not so supportive, that can be off a bridge, literally, quite literally. That's going to be a kid, another kid off a bridge. Understand the the isolation that they're going to feel right there when they hit that spot. They're not far from the edge. You got that? Because who's supporting them now? You know, like who do they got? They don't have anyone at that point. So it's a it's a pretty scary spot to be in. And it, and uh, you know you you don't have anyone at that point. So so that so that can be scary, especially for young people who don't have too much to lose. Now, uh, one sec. I forgot your name. What? Ellen. Ellen, yeah. Ellen, do you want to say something? Yes, it would surprise me if the parents had that connection and they did not manage to give their children any of it. I would expect someone who had mostly alignment to raise the parents who had mostly alignment. Whereas someone who has connection, they raise their kids with connection. Would give more connection to the kids. Yeah. I, I would also think that someone who's up here, they're more over here than here, mm-hmm. is going to be making those mistakes with their kids. Whereas this person's going to make a lot. If they make any mistakes, there'll be less mistakes. And not that big mistakes. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Baruch means, the ones we're going to focus on is lowering or humbling, and it means um, that God is supposed Clear? Okay, let's practice Baruch together. Okay, we're going to take a deep breath. And we're going to say, and I'm going to point to the, what it means on the board. And this way you'll slow your blessings down. Okay? So we're going to go like this. Listen to me first. Baruch. Let's try that. Everyone, deep breath. Because the other words are, are verbs, they're descriptive. This one's essence. For example, if I say, um, uh, if I say whose name, uh, let's go with uh, Camden? Camden. Let's go with Camden. Okay? If I go, uh, what's your name? Brandon. Brandon. Elon. What? Elon. Elon. Okay, so if I go with Camden, 
Guys, is Camden his essence, or is Camden how he manifests? It's how he manifests. If I call, if I if I called into the room Camden from the door, he's the only one's going to turn around because he manifests on that. Camden manifests also. Do you mind if I'm using this example? He manifests as you know a guy would wear these funky jeans and these flip flops, and you know I wouldn't wear that stuff. I wouldn't manifest that way unless you let me. But they, uh, you do, and you manifest with. Interesting, huh? Sometimes. Sometimes. You manifest with green eyes sometimes. And, uh, and he bought these frames for glasses. He's going with this cap. You understand, Camden? These are all manifestations of you. Of you. They are not you. But they're manifestations that you choose to express yourself with it. That's how you express. Also with a crystal uh, on your... You know, I, was, I came with an amethyst. Quartz. That's quartz. So, you understand, but none of those are your essence. Hopefully they relate to your essence. Hopefully they're, they're true manifestations of yourself. Now, if I said, would Camden like a cup of water, what would you say to me? Please call me would you say I should keep calling you by the third person or I should say please call me you in the second person? Would Camden like to go for what? That would be a little awkward. It'd be awkward, right? Because it's too respectful. It's too respectful. The the word you is the essence of the person. The word you is the essence. It's not an issue of respect. It's not that it's too respect. The issue is that Camden's how you manifest. You is you. Camden's how Listen carefully. Camden's how you manifest. You're not Camden. You have a name, Camden. But there's a you. That's your essence. You get that? So the word Atta is essence. It's God's actual essence. We'll never know what it is. It's, it's not knowable. So we have a word. Every time we make a brothel, we have a word representing the essence of God. Every time we make a brothel. So Atta, you'll notice Kabbalists will say the word Atta like deep and long. Because it's you need it deep and long because the first half is just letting go of everything you thought God was. Because we can't help, our minds can't help but create some kind of manifestation of it. It doesn't have a manifestation. This is an infinite being. It's not made of anything. So therefore anything your mind's thinking of cannot be accurate. It's the true essence of it all. So we have, we have to have a word. If we're going to be recognizing God, we've got to have a word that recognizes God's essence. And that's Atta. Now the Kabbalists say that it's a chutzpah. It's a chutzpah. You know what a chutzpah is? I'm not even going to translate it. It's a chutzpah. How dare you call God in the second person? How can you call God you? What is he, your buddy? Hey, you, God. How do you call God you? What do you think you are? This is God. If it were a judge, you'd call him your honor. If it was a king, you'd call him your highness. If it was a president, you'd call him Mr. President. Would Mr. President like to go into the Oval Office for a few minutes? What is the deal with even a, Rosh, a head of a yeshiva? We call him Rosh Hashiva. How was the, how was the Rosh Hashiva's Shabbos? We would call Rosh Hashiva the second person. God? Second person. 
What's wrong with us? How can we do it? So that, that's why the Kabbalah said, it's a chutzpah, we do it. But you know what they say? They say the key to calling God Ata is the word Baruch. It's Baruch. The key to calling God you in the second person is the word Baruch. You know why? Because watch my stature when I use my knees. Here's my head now. Yeah? Watch my stature. I'd mentioned the window was perfect. Sometimes he gets worried that I'm going to forget to raise money for his Shabbos. Because they literally eat whatever we give. So he keeps poking his head in. But I, keep ch- I tell him each week, I can see him in the window and it's fine. Um, when I use my knees, yeah, watch. Boom. You see that distance where my body shrinks? Now, when I say the word baruch, when I shrink down, when you shrink down the stature of a man, what rises? When you go down, what rises? Just get this one point before you go. No, no, you're good. No, no, don't sit. Stay. You want to sit? You can sit. Just one, I just want to get one point. Could have gotten it by the door. What? Well, yeah, well, well, I'm saying when the humility comes and your ego goes down, and the, you mean your stature's lowered, what rises? What? I'm saying yours. When your, what rises? Essence, good. What's our essence called? In simple word. No. What's our essence called? What is your essence? Yeah, very good. Say in English. Yeah, when the body goes down, the soul comes up. Body goes down, the soul comes up. When you lower your stature with Baruch, your neshama, your soul rises. And now you can call God you. You know why? Why can you call God you? Imagine two judges who've been called your honor all day, but two judges are playing tennis at the end of their day. I'm going to finish this quickly. Two judges at the end. No, no, you're coming in, bro. Relax. The two judges playing tennis. At the end of the day, do they say, hey, it's your serve, your honor? Do they say, it's your honor's serve? Do they say, would your honor serve? Or whose serve is it, your honor? They say this to each other? What do they say? They call each other you. Because once you're, because these two judges are contemporaries. And when you're a contemporary with someone, you call them you. Okay, you're, you're set. That was it. No. Hello? You can go. Shalom. Thanks. I just didn't want you to miss that point. Sure. Now, we're going to practice this, okay? So, we got Baruch is, is the lowering of ego. Lowering of stature. Recognizing God as the source of sustenance. I'm going to put blessed or recognize you're really recognizing God as the source okay let's practice we're going to do Baruch and Atah when we say Atah it's going to be like this Atah okay like that so it's going to be Baruch and then we'll take a deep breath we're going to do Atah and when we do Atah we're going to be talking 
essence. So I would even close your eyes for a moment while you say Atta. I will, I will, we'll all look for Baruch and then we'll move to Atta and you close your eyes. I'll close mine too so you don't have to think I'm staring at you. And the, uh, and then we'll be at least with these two words. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Everyone look on the board. Deep breath. Together. Ba. Close your eyes. Feel the connection of your soul with God right now, your contemporaries. Let's try it again. Back to Baruch. Open eyes. Inhale. Close eyes. Connect. few more announcements that I forgot to make. Um, stick shift is you. Yeah, they can hear. A um, couple things. Third meal is at my place. Okay, I have an... Oh, no! Uh, announcement. I'm out of town this week. There's no third meal. <laughs> I just went from announcing third meal to canceling it. Um, we're canceling third meal this week. I will be up north. Um, and I think my wife's not, not eating there, but... Yeah, I guess you can shut it up. Um... And everyone's invited. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.